the car in front of me had a decal on the windshield, a big giant de- decal in red, one of those fear this decals. It was a Saturn Ion. It was probably a 99 or something like that too. And I will <laughs> tell made- you that's that fear this belongs back in the 90s. Right. It made my day. Like I hope this guy bought it with it on it. <laughs> no, I what I hope is I hope it was a time capsule. I hope he's wearing like Jinko jeans. <laughs> Sipping on Crystal Pepsi. Yes. Yes. That would be exquisite, man. He's just got a can of Surge with him and everywhere he goes. Uh, you know what blows my mind, too, is I don't ever remember Saturn being a badass car. Like, that was always like no. a family car company. That was never uh, – they never had a sports car, did they? they? No, I was just about to say, they actually did. It was called okay. the Saturn Sky. It was the uh, – They named the- their sports car Sky? Yes, the oh. sky. It was. It kind of looked like it was trying to be a Corvette. Um, <laughs> I do remember seeing a lot of them. I don't know if it came factory like this, but they had straight pipe coming off the sides down the side of it. So it oh, was really? like it was like a sports car, but tried to also be like a muscle car at the same time. It was really weird, but at the same time, I kind of really wanted one. <laughs> I wish we had Phil Billy on this one because he's a car guy. He would probably really get to get into this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at him right now. Saturn Sky. I don't. Uh, I don't recall. I, I must have been just thinking up of the straight pipe, or maybe it was just one or two that I saw that was like this. But they've got they've got some with like Lamborghini doors. Oh, they've wow. got convertibles, and it's just like you. You think of Saturn and then you think of sports car and it just doesn't compute. No, it doesn't. I think of Saturn and I think of like a mom with jeans too high taking her like six kids to soccer practice. That's what I think of when I think of Saturn. Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great, horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible gaming podcast. Hello, my name is Zach Ryan with Old Man Gaming. You have decided to tune into a horrible gaming podcast. And guys, this is a very special horrible gaming podcast. It is our 50th episode and keeping with the fact that we're a horrible gaming podcast what special thing are we doing for our 50th episode absolutely nothing that's right not a thing we're just going to do a regular show but we want to say we appreciate you guys for for tuning in to 50 of these freaking things and with me is neil aka tiny wizard uh so again going right into the credits uh number one with a bullet thank you guys for uh tuning in giving us the views and the listens we appreciate it and we appreciate you guys and hopefully we entertain you guys for you know the hour that we're supposed to entertain you and possibly the hour and 20 minutes that we seem to always go um (laughs) uh as far as credits go mark bell he has done all of our original graphics for this show if you're watching it on youtube thank you to him for that and then of course Nicholas Van Sliders does the theme song for this show and all of the shows here at Old Man Gaming, and we appreciate him for that. Check out his music. Uh, actually, 
two days ago, if you're watching this on YouTube, yesterday, if you're listening to this, we will have premiered his fifth single for our channel, uh, Need You Tonight. So go ahead and check that one out. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to fan interaction, top of the show. Uh, that's where we like to read the comments that you guys post. Uh, and and uh, we like to uh, ask you guys questions. We like to decide the horrible arena winners. Um, yeah, and we just generally like to talk to you guys about stuff. Uh, we did not get any comments, like any comments whatsoever this week. <laughs> it, it was rare, but we didn't get any comments, except for Kayla. She decided to vote, though it pains me, because he had to question if Maxis still exists when I have the most hours in a Maxis game, I'm going to vote for Project Solar, says Kayla. Uh, and that's fair enough. We are kind of in a weird situation because Phil Billy was on, uh, on the show last week. And while he did not comment, Neil can attest to this. He did vote for my game off air. Uh, so we're kind of in a weird tie situation again. Um, I don't necessarily think either one of our games were like I, I bowed out the week before because I felt like Neil had outpitched me. Um, but I don't think either one of us were outpitched last week. So what we're going to do is we're going to call it a tie. I mean, I guess we could call it a tie tentatively. If somebody wants to back vote, maybe we'll accept it. But for the time being, we're going to call this the first ever tie, Neil. So I guess, I guess for a 50th, we are doing something different. <laughs> What if like a year from now, we just go back into the comments of this video and like the voting has changed? <laughs> Honestly, what if it's like that for all of the videos? Right. Just it's imagine possible. that. That would be really weird, wouldn't it? That would be really weird. Um, I don't know what we would do at that point. I, 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 guess, I guess we can't really take a vote in a, in, uh, can't really take a vote then because we've got to cut it off at some point. We would create controversy. This is true. <laughs> um, so it's a tie then. It's a definite tie. Uh, as far as everything else, we did ask a question. I believe it was worst enemy you've ever faced in a game. Maybe bad yes. design, most annoying bad guy. Uh, Neil, you were the one that asked the question, so I'm guessing you had an answer. Yes, I did. Um, so I finished Doom Eternal uh, a little while ago. And, uh, <laughs> I know what you're going to say already. I think you've mentioned it on this show before. Yeah, uh, there is an enemy called the Marauder. And it is actually presented as a boss partway through the game. And it, is, it, it totally upends the whole formula of the game. Doom is very fast-paced, go, 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 go. The Marauder has to be taken on one-on-one -on -one methodically and like not just guns blazing i'll i will say once you know what you're doing with the marauder he's actually pretty easy but uh it, it's just strange that this one enemy type is just thrown totally <clears throat> in left field um and there's actually so much like actual controversy around it at least there was that there were opinion pieces written wow. on the marauder yeah like really? is it too hard is it op because this thing can only be hurt when it 
flashes green and is about to attack you. If you get too close, he shoots you. If you get too far away, he charges you or sends out a dog. And literally any time you try to shoot at him at all, he immediately pulls out a shield and blocks everything you do and is resistant to all weapons. He's considered a super heavy enemy. So I, it was, it was tough for a while, but honestly, it's stupid, simple to beat him. You just have to control him until then but i just thought that was very strange just design wise from the rest of the game just didn't really fit yeah i mean for a fast-paced game like that that's kind of a weird one i i would have to say um i for me it's anything that flies and while i understand that their design like you have to have them in games places the minute i hear wings uh i go i swear i roll my eyes i sigh i get very unhappy either wings or propellers just make me sad inside uh i think that was one of my biggest complaints for the borderlands takedown the newest one uh, you walk in the door and the first like horde of enemies that comes at you are flying creatures that are armored I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I just don't want to do this. They always zip around. You can't shoot them. Uh, if you're in a melee game, you have to wait till they attack you, which is just yeah. annoying and time consuming. And if you miss it, you got to wait. And a lot of them, a lot of them aren't hard to kill. A lot of them don't have a lot of health. They aren't particularly challenging. It's just annoying. They just flap around your head and smack you. There are... I'm going to give you a specific read, though. It's from Monster Hunter World. I'm sure Phil Billy is listening, knows exactly what I'm saying, and is, and is going, hell yes, somewhere. The Vespoid are the most annoying creatures I have ever encountered in any video game ever. They are... So in Monster Hunter World, you have these maps, right, that you explore, and that's where you stalk your monsters through. While there's giant monsters to hunt are the primary thing, there's also packs of small monsters around that make the fight a little bit interesting sometimes if you take down a big monster in an area where they are they'll swarm him you know which is really cool or they'll attack you sometimes and screw you up um but the vespoid are these like oversized mosquitoes that just float around in certain areas what they do is they just float there for the most part and they wait and they slowly start to float towards you. Normally, this doesn't matter, but almost every time you will be fighting a monster and they'll just be kind of floating around. And when they get close enough, they sting you, which paralyzes you. It doesn't do any real damage. It just paralyzes you and drops you to the ground. It is the most annoying creature ever. You'll, the monster will run off to another area, so you'll drop to sharpen your weapon. And one of these stupid things will fly off in from off screen and sting you in the back of the head. And then you twitch on the ground for 10 minutes. It's so annoying. <laughs> it's easily the most annoying thing in the world. West, West Boyd are the worst. If I had to pick one thing that I would take completely out of Monster Hunter World, it would be the West Boyd. They are the worst. All right. And that's, that's basically it for fan traction, man. We don't have a lot of, we didn't have a lot of comments. The, the Kevin took a, took a week off. Kev, comment on this one just so we know you're okay, buddy. Because to go from 12 comments to zero is weird. I think maybe we might have offended him. <laughs> My wife actually even said something too whenever she commented. She's like, I, I didn't see anything at all. <laughs> Where was Kevin? What's weird, he he commented on everything else we posted this week. So that's why I'm like, did we say something to piss off Kevin? 
Kevin, if we pissed you off, we're sorry. We're idiots, but we're sorry. Uh, come back to us, buddy. Um, okay, uh, so we should probably ask a question, shouldn't we? Yeah, probably. Okay, all right. Uh, I want to find out uh, what you guys thought about Ubisoft Forward. I don't know how many of you guys will answer this. I don't know how many of you guys watched it, but we're going to talk about it a lot. This show is going to be all about Ubisoft Forward. We are recording it literally eight hours after it happened, so it's going to dominate this show. We want to know what you guys thought. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Are we wrong? Are we right? Like, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below and uh, or in any of the places, and we'll try and read them out next week. Horrible Gaming Podcast. This brings us to our first and possibly second talking point of the podcast, everybody. Uh, and we already mentioned it. Ubisoft Forward was today uh, their supposed answer to not having an E3 concert uh, ugh, conference uh, this year was this online special that they did. And it was, well, it was something. So, Neil, what do we want to do first? Do we want to do the negative or the positive? Like, do we want an, an up note or, a, or do you just want to go through it chronologically? I'm okay with whatever you want to do. You know what? Let's, let's do chronologically. I, okay. I can't remember everything exactly in order as it happened, but I think chronologically is the best way to tackle it. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, well, first and well, okay. Well, that's for an odds and ends. So let's get right into the forward. They open – with probably the best part of the entire forward, in my opinion, uh, which is a deep dive. Well, not a deep dive, but much more information on Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, they showed you gameplay. Uh, they showed a new trailer. Uh, they gave us a date, which was a mistake, but we'll get into that. Um, and then they showed us a little bit more of what the game's going to be, a little bit more of the polish that the game's going to have. Uh, so they, they opened right up with Watch Dogs Legion. We made this guy really happy. I'm, I've told everybody, I had no interest in the last two games. This game looks great to me. Uh, along with this, uh, and I don't know if you want to talk about this now or later, but along with this, uh, they got um, media outlets got hands-on time with Watch Dogs Legion. And I actually watched a couple of those videos in the meantime while I was waiting for the podcast to start. Uh, so I'd like to share that at some point during this. Uh, how, um, but what do you think about Watch Dogs Legion? Let's get you your first impression before I get into that. Um, so that's, that little movie that they showed at the very beginning before they showed the gameplay and everything, right. I was just kind of really thrown off by it. Yeah, like, so was I. It, like it didn't inform me of the game at all it was what we already knew if they would have started like the very first announcement with that i think that would have been interesting but it did it did nothing but just kind of take me out of the moment and make me wonder what was going on i almost thought that it was like well first it had the little splash on it not in-game right. footage right which was right. like oh, okay well i don't know like what this is supposed to be then like is this supposed well, I, to be like a TV show they're making? Or right. I don't, I don't want to interrupt you so early. Right, go ahead. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, but I agree. The movie was not the way to open. I'm glad, though, that they followed it immediately up with information on the game. Because I was very afraid halfway through that movie that that's all we were getting from this was the movie. Like I'm like, they're not going to give us a date. They're just going to give us this stupid movie that I don't care about. 
We're not going to get any gameplay. We're not, we're, we're not even going to get a date. So I was very happy that when that movie ended, it transitioned right into new information about the game. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate the fact that they were showing off all the different ways that you can attack all these different missions. And it yes. does definitely make for replayability and everything. Yeah. But I wish they would have shown more. Like, yeah. we, we know that you're able to take anybody in the city and depending on what class that person ends up being, you can attack these things in different ways. But we don't need to see four different ways to do one thing and then go ahead and do the same thing with just a second mission. Right. I want to see somebody just roaming free. I want to see the actual recruit process. I want to see like customization sort of stuff. I want to see actual like somebody legit playing the game. And maybe that came up in, in some of the media outlets playing yes. the game itself, which I was not able to watch. Unfortunately, given my uh, time no, I understand. and everything, I was literally able to watch it, get dressed and go to work. So, <laughs> Right. No, and I understand that. I, I actually agree with you on that point. I think they should have shown more of the gameplay itself at the show. I, I do want to also just state, I thought Ubisoft Forward was going to be longer. It was very short. Oh, yeah. That's... It, was, it was barely an hour, and, and that kind of messed me up. And, and I want to talk about time management later in Odds and Ends, but, um, but that, that kind of messed me up because I had told my wife, like I had allotted my entire afternoon for that. She was okay with it, and then it was over, and she was like, was that it? And I was like, yeah, that was it. I don't care about... Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so I don't need to watch the half hour of gameplay that was already leaked on the internet anyway. So, yeah, we could just go watch sitcoms or something. The I, fact, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but like, oh, there's going to be interruptions. I, I, I do want to say before you interrupt me, you're going to interrupt my interruption? I'm going to interrupt your interruption. Interruption. I'm, I'm one upping it. I'm one upping it. I, I call, I see you and I raise you. You, um, you need uh, to go one interruption deeper. <laughs> Um, the media outlets did have all that stuff. And I want to talk about that with you because oh, I did okay. watch it, but I agree with you that it was a mistake not to show it on Ubisoft forward. I, but again, I, I think one of the big mistakes of Ubisoft forward was how short it was. And the fact that basically they said at the end that it was only half of what they were going to show. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was going to go into was the yeah. fact that like, they're hitting us, they're hitting us with the Deathly Hallows part one, part two crap <laughs> with this. Like, this is the first part of it. We've got more later. Now, maybe this is stuff that they were going to show at like PAX or mm -hmm. something along those lines, which obviously everything is canceled for the rest of the year at this point. But like, I get that. Why not take that opportunity since the, the, all the companies like announcing stuff way too early anyways. Why not right. buff your show up a bit more? I mean, right. they, they definitely need something to, to fill out their, the, the news cycle about them right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, we talked about that last week a little right. bit. Like, and I said, I, I kind of want to on a whole avoid that just because right, yeah. we're here to just, talk about the games. Right. That was just that, but yeah, that I was, agree. I agree. That was just my, they didn't mention it at all. Um, yeah. I, I do want to point out though, 
I know you probably didn't watch the pre-show, but every pre-show segment and the set main segment had a woman as the main host, which was the first woman you saw, like the first face you saw on each one. I, I noticed that during the main segment, and I didn't know if it was just me or... <laughs> no, every, every section of the, of the pre-show had like uh, a, a prominent woman figured, and I... I they didn't mention anything about it. I, we had assumed they wouldn't. They really can't at this particular juncture. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like that was almost like, uh, hey, we like ladies. We're sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, um, as far as the other stuff goes, I do want to talk about the other stuff with the media outlets because Watchdog Legion is by far the game I am most excited for this holiday season. I with the exception of cyberpunk, I think everybody's excited for cyberpunk, but yeah, on a whole, I'm at a point where I don't think cyberpunk could live up to what I think it is going to be and what they've made it out to be. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm hyped about it. I'm as hyped about it as I can be. There's no way it's going to be what I want it to be. So <laughs> I'm kind of in a weird spot, but watchdog Legion is without a doubt the game that I'm most hyped for. Uh, so if you go to IGN right now, not to, you know, plug somebody else but they have uh mark medina did a five minute video on like the recruitment process just recruiting uh an npc from start to from start to finish uh they also have a like a preview like a six minute preview and those are the two videos i got to watch i know that eric's did 17 minutes of gameplay i have not gotten to watch that yet um, but the coolest thing is the recruitment process, like the woman even said in the um, preview, she was like, this might get a little repetitive later, but she's like, but what I've played, I absolutely loved. The characters all seem very unique, which she's like, I don't know how they did that because there's so, because literally every character is just like basically its own thing procedurally generated or whatever. So like, She's like, I don't know how they didn't just use stand-ins for everybody, but every character. She's like, the old woman I got, I expected to look like the old woman in the original trailer. She didn't even look like the old woman that I got that was in that trailer. So it's it's kind of like she's like, every character felt weirdly unique. And to unique to actually get the NPCs, it's not like you just go over to them and you go, Hey, you want to join my hacker group? Uh, you actually have to do missions. You have to scan them figure out how to get them to join, do favors for them, and then actually require So, like, basically, it's like if you had a companion mission, like a companion recruitment mission from Mass Effect for right. every character in the game, every NPC in the game, basically. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely – it opens up a lot of different possibilities. Yeah. And I know you're super excited about it. I, I mean, I'm – I'm interested. It's enough to have me interested in it. I would definitely like to try it out. Yeah. Because it does look really interesting and like the different ways you can attack different situations and how wildly different they can be, that could open up some opportunity. Yeah, I, I really, I'm really excited for this one. And if there's a lot of meat on the bone with the actual like where you can go and what you can do with the story, like... I feel like that could be a real contender for, for my personal game of the year, at least at this point. It's, it's the game I'm most excited to pick up day one. Um, okay, so that's Watch Dogs Legion. With the exception of the one last thing I want to talk about it, which was the date. Uh, the date's bad, right? Like October 29th? You think that, do we think that's a good – I feel like it's going to get buried. 
uh, it's probably gonna get well. It's before cyberpunk. I know everyone is going around based off of what cyberpunk is doing. Right. And I think that that's a smart move, regardless of if people are excited or not. That game is such a juggernaut at this point. Like, you want to steer clear, just like a Grand Theft Auto release, or well, they did that with... There's one game announced at this conference that's not steering clear, and uh, I think that's a big mistake. But you're right. You're right. Yeah, but I think... I'm getting uh, ahead of myself, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like, I think it's a little crazy, too, the fact that this game was supposed to have already been out. And yeah. because of the arbitrary date that they set, we're almost a year beyond that. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you wonder, again, like what these companies are doing when they're announcing these release dates. Well, and I 100% agree with that. That's something that has bothered me about this whole thing and and what's even worse is a lot of i know there's a lot of people out there like oh it was coronavirus you've got to understand look this one wasn't coronavirus this delay happened long before there was a pandemic there was barely even rumblings of a pandemic when this delay happened so there is no reason that it should have been taking them this long to get it out right like i was truly expecting them to say august like late august i was really expecting that And I've told you that off mic was what I was expecting. So for October, that's really far out, like really far out. I thought this was going to be the last game I bought up for my Xbox. This might be the first game I buy for my PC. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Nonetheless, I I will be playing it. I think it's in a tough spot because I think to put that game in the fall season – there's going to be a lot of contenders this fall. It's, a, it's going to be overloaded with stuff. And uh, I, I feel like that's going to have a hard time at this particular juncture. Uh, all right. So chronologically, let's now like start to move into what the mistakes of this conference were, which I'm going to go right ahead and say it. The next three things they show after their lead thing are mobile games. What are you doing with your lives? Yeah, and I remember, too, they announced that one mobile game. I can't even remember the name of it, but they had announced it, like, a year ago as it was. Right. Uh, So, like, I don't think mobile games rise to that level of hype that that you can announce it so far out and then, like, still make, quote, major announcements for it. Like, are people playing it that much? Are they just capitalizing on Sam Fisher's face? Like, I don't... Right. That really, I cannot believe that hasn't gotten more internet backlash already. They were expecting Splinter Cell. Everybody's been crying out for Splinter Cell. I have no interest in a Splinter Cell game. I want to tell everybody that right now. But it's a popular franchise, and people have been wondering where it's been. And people have even hinted at Splinter Cell stuff. So your Splinter Cell game is some weird cartoony thing that you just, like, slapped a... Mike Ironside's voice on like that's weird like I can't believe that I I will be surprised if they don't get any backlash from Splinter Cell people you know yeah. um like that that blew my mind that game um but you also had uh you had the uh, uh Brawlhalla coming to Android okay that's kind of interesting that's kind of cool that's a big esport thing for it to come to like uh, a mobile platform is kind of is kind of crazy um and then you had the the might and magic thing uh, still that's like okay first out the gate you got watchdogs okay that's a big game for you 
then three mobile titles like those are your what you're leading with yeah like even as a segue it felt weak yeah like and also like the brawlhalla thing what really threw me off about it is it is a, a fighting game Right. Fighting games do not work well with touch controls. No. I can barely play Sonic the Hedgehog on my phone with touch controls. Right. So like right. unless you're explicitly using like a Bluetooth controller and a phone clip to play, like that nobody's going to touch that thing. I I can't imagine anybody touching that thing. I had no interest in it. I like Brawlhalla. I I would not play it on a mobile platform. I mean, it's still crazy that it's coming to mobile. I understand that that's kind of a big announcement, but I, I don't know. It was very strange to me. Like, right, like I remember sitting there like, because I was sitting there and I was like, man, that's, that's the third mobile game they did. Like, that's, yeah. what are they doing? Uh, so then we had uh, Valhalla, right? Yeah. Uh, which, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm not interested in this game. It, it doesn't look good to me. I... I'm very unhappy with the Assassin's Creed franchise. I think Assassin's Creed Odyssey did not get the hate that it deserved, and it deserved a lot of hate because that game is a buggy freaking mess. And I can tell you it's a buggy freaking mess because I bought it on special two years after it came out, and it still has every it still has a ton of bugs. I had clipping issues. The game crashed on me not once but four times. Um, and this isn't off the disc. I bought it direct. I even uninstalled it and reinstalled it. I had sound glitches. I had parts where like people would be talking and their voices wouldn't sync up. Like, and that, that's a, like everybody loved that game. It was a game of the year contender. I could not believe the amount of bugs I encountered in that game. So I don't want anything to do with the next Assassin's Creed. I just don't. I, like, I don't care what they put in front of me uh, as far as like, content i don't care if it's vikings i don't care what it's just not going to bring me in because of that but what do you think about the stuff they showed do you think that it was good um so you know what it was actually kind of a roller coaster when i was watching the whole thing so they had said like oh finally the the gameplay debut and like okay and what do they do they open with more in engine stuff and right. it's in engine in engine for like 3 4 minutes straight and then finally it's them in a boat that's actually gameplay i'm like okay and then they're sitting in a damn boat going down the river in gameplay like is this really what we're going to get are we just right. going to get them in a boat and then finally once they you know jump out on land and start doing stuff you kind of get a a feel for what's going on right i like it looks interesting but i don't see the leveraging of next gen hardware yeah with this i, I, I don't see like i i had even laughed at one point uh, when the the one of the main characters or whatever is just laying into dudes and blood is spurting out it literally looked like somebody got a bottle of ketchup and just yeah. squirted it out behind somebody like yeah are you kidding me but it like didn't look good good no it, it didn't look good at all it didn't look like it was taking advantage of next gen hardware but i will also say it looks very interesting in the fact that you can literally wield any sort of 
weapons in each hand to yeah. suit your own play style. And when they had, I was already thinking about it, but they went ahead and mentioned the fact that you can dual wield shields. shields. Yeah, I, that was and the same thing. I, and I know Phil Billy has talked to me about how much he wants just a shield as a weapon in Monster Hunter. It's just, I was like, that's cool. They got me on that one. That was cool. I, I, and I had even said to, to Kayla, like this, that was enough to make me kind of want to play it because right. as a, a brief side here, I have wanted to play a character like that in a game for so long that I actually made a dwarf in Dungeons and Dragons that used two tower shields as weapons. <laughs> and that was it. And like, that's it. This is my chance. That's some deep um, nerd right there. Yeah. Some deep nerd stuff right there. Um, but uh the uh, the settlement building looks interesting, but again, it just looks like another Assassin's Creed game. So I don't know. I might try it one day, but I'm not like clamoring for it. Yeah. I think that they could have that I, again. The the leveraging of the tech for next gen doesn't seem to really be there, and I don't know right. if it's just because we're in that weird period of the first few games in next gen don't really take advantage of the new hardware because everyone's getting kind of used to it. Right. It could be just that, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I was really. I don't know. I, I It was fine. It just didn't do that much for me. I did like the shield part, like you said. I really did. Uh, it would be an interesting play, but I would only buy a budget. I'm just not going to go down that Assassin's Creed road anymore. I just don't feel – I feel like they get a lot of passes. I also want to say, can we just stop with the Templar Assassin Animus malarkey? Like, that was really cool in the first two games – that that should have stopped at three. It should have stopped when Edmund's story finished. Like they, they need to stop shoehorning that into the game. Just make the game. I don't, I don't want the Templars and Knights, uh, the Templars and Assassins in every facet of my game every time. Yeah, it serves no real purpose. It, it really doesn't. In fact, it just irritates me when I have to like for any reason leave, leave the world to go back to be some, you know, office worker, you know, in a genetic machine or something. It just totally pulls me out of it. I wish they'd just stop doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we had Rainbow Six Siege, and I thought, okay, we're going to get some new stuff for Rainbow Six Siege. That makes sense. That's a big heavy hitter for them. It's a big esports thing for them. It was nothing. It was a thank you video. It's a thank you video for the crowd. Yeah, I That was uh, really weird to me, like that they didn't have anything for Rainbow Six for You would think that they would have like some sort of like even like an anniversary pack, like hey, yeah. here's here's some like commemorative stuff and like yeah. Yeah, something. Like I, I was like why even waste our time? You know, you've only got under an hour. Why like I felt like when I saw that video, I felt like are they filling right now? Like is this filler? Like, you don't have enough to show for filler? Like, you don't have an E3 conference, basically? That's what you're telling me? Whatever um, happened to the, what was it, Rainbow Six Quarantine? Yeah, that's... Is that, is that did that ever come out, or is well, that still a little... I mean, do you want to talk about the stuff we didn't see uh, that we should have seen here? Because I we can, can think Yeah, of, we, can, we can bring that up now, I think. Uh, sure. The halfway Rainbow Six, point. Rainbow Six Quarantine, we saw nothing from that. That was announced a year ago. Uh, nothing from Gods and Monsters, which is supposedly going to be renamed to something else, but nothing from that. 
And then we saw nothing from that game that was in beta last time they showed at E3, which was the uh, the roller disc game that I was interested in. Nobody else was. But you remember the it was like roller derby, but it was yeah. like nothing from that. Where were those games? Where were they? Those would have been great. Those would have been better than mobile filler, you know? Well, I know the roller derby, the roller champions game. Um, yeah. It's it's either had a soft launch or is still in beta on PC because I've heard of other people playing it. Um, so I know that that has still been around. Oh, and still okay. do, it's still kicking around there. And that is a game that I would be interested in. Uh, yeah trying out too. I want to try that. That looks fun. That looks like good fun. But yeah, the the Rainbow Six Quarantine. Um No Gods and Monsters. No Gods and Monsters. It's and I still like I would have thought that at this point, I mean they did say when the rumors were floating around last year that oh there might be another splinter cell in the works. But like you would think that they might have even just like teased if they were going to do it or something like that. I think that's one of those things that they're, they're like, yeah, we're, we're doing, we're not doing it, but like we're actually doing it. Right. Oh, and then what about um, beyond good and evil too? Right. Still on that front. We haven't seen anything from that. And I want to point out that they showed those mobile games and this thank you video during we saw forward on the pre-show they showed DLC for the crew two and for Breakpoint. Why weren't why weren't those on there and then the mobile in the pre-show? Why why are those in the pre-show? Like I don't understand. Like the, it wasn't anything massive, but those are better filler than like some port to a phone, you know, or a right. thank you video, a thank you video from Rainbow Six Siege. Like I don't know. That was really weird, but. Uh, why don't we take, uh, I don't know, what's our time at? I know we're on the air, but just tell me what our time is anyway. Uh, we're at about 35 minutes currently. All right, why don't we just, we're going to talk Ubisoft until odds and ends. Why don't we just take a quick break, and then we'll, uh, we'll come back with, with the rest of the show of Ubisoft, and then we'll go into odds and ends. What do you think? That sounds good. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to the back half of the conference, all right? Uh, so what we had left was uh, some words from Phil Spencer, which were very nice. Always nice to hear from him, but nothing that was really special about anything other than smart delivery is good, and it is. Um, and then we got the other two new games, the other big announcements from the conference, and that would be, uh, let's start chronologically, like you said, uh, Hyperscape was the first one. Uh, and there's been a lot of talk about this on the internet already. We already kind of knew what it was. It's a kind of weird battle royale, kind of futuristic, kind of almost shooter type thing. Um, so what'd you, what'd you think about this one? I know you're not a battle royale guy, but what'd you think about this one? Um, so this one, I think I really took homage with the phrasing and how it was pitched. So I, I knew that it was announced and I kind of had like a basic idea and uh, of what it was. And what was really intriguing to me is the fact that it's actually the game itself is influenced by voting on events in the middle of the match that happened through Twitch. Right. That is really interesting. The fact that the game is built around spectators. Yeah. So like this could be something that if get if it got big enough, it almost could like be 
a major like televised tournament or something yeah. to where I, I feel I'll, like this is an esport contender uh, yes. in the vein of like Valorant and Overwatch and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I had seen the, the trailer for it for the first time during this conference. I'm watching the trailer and how it is shaping up to be. It almost looks like and sounds like Ready Player One. Yep turned into a game Mm -hmm. and i'm all about it they're they're talking about like oh there's something wrong and we need to figure out what it is and there's this evil corporation who's doing stuff and the world sucks and all this stuff and it's like oh my goodness so is it gonna be like i'm thinking it's like it's gonna be a full price game that's gonna have an actual single player story and it's gonna have a battle royale multiplayer as well so i'm all about it I'm like, I'm in, I go online to go look at, to download the Uplay from my computer, to download this beta, to jump in on it. Right. And then I see it's just a free to play battle royale like the rest of them. Yeah. Um, I, well, I don't know if I'd say like the rest of them, but I well, understand your disappointment. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely does different things than other battle royales. Yeah. And I appreciate those things, but. And it's hard to do it, that in this space nowadays. Yes, that's true. Um, but how it was presented at the show and what I was expecting from how it was presented is totally different than what it actually is. Like it, it didn't give me a reason to jump into battle royales. Yeah. I'm not that big a fan of battle royales at all. Uh, I played maybe a grand total of two to three hours of Fortnite just to give it a try. And I do right. not like it. It is not fun to me. Yeah, that's um, fair. It, it's but, not for everybody. I, yeah. I do enjoy a good battle royale. Uh, I mainly like battle royales because I think I've said it on the show before. It's one of the only competitive multiplayer in which you are beholden to no one and no one's going to bother you no matter what happens. Like, I'm not going to get shit afterwards. Like, if you're in solos, I mean, not if you're in a team, but if I'm not going to get crap messages afterwards because they're going to be in, they're not going to care. It's just too many people to like worry about that stuff. Uh, I don't have to worry about dragging my team down, but I'm also playing against people, which I enjoy that. Uh, But to, to co- not to counter what you said, but give you a counter kind of uh, uh, point of view from it. And I agree with what you said. Uh, I knew this was a battle royale going into this because there, there was uh, IGN did some firsts on it that I checked out. So I knew way ahead of time that this was a single player. This was a battle royale, a multiplayer battle royale all the way. I didn't know about the Twitch stuff. I think that's also very innovative as well as far as this genre goes. Um, but then the trailer just confused the hell out of me for a half second, even knowing what I knew, I was like, is there going to be story to this? Like, what are they doing? And then there wasn't, it was just a battle Royale. And I guess like even Fortnite battle Royale has some sort of weird story from what I hear, but like the way they presented it at this show was very confusing to me. And I, I would love it if this game had a simple story, like even if it wasn't long, because that is a way that it might bring somebody like you in that that's how you get people into multiplayer in, in a lot of those games is you present kind of a story. They play it. They like the playing so much that they want to keep playing. They turn to the multiplayer and possibly get hooked on that, you know? Yeah. Uh, And, and that's the thing is like, I wanted something I wanted something for me out of it and it right. looked like it was going to give it to me, but yeah. it just, it didn't. 
And that, it, that was a real letdown. It was a real phantom way of like presenting that game. And I don't understand why they did because personally I've watched this game a little bit. Like I said, before, uh, before this, I've seen some promotional stuff on it and I've read some promotional stuff on it. Cause I am interested in battle Royales and this actually looks really innovative for the battle Royale space. It looks like, different kind of akin to what apex legends did like actually bring something different to that genre uh, why didn't they just lead with that you know what i mean like if they're not going to give a story why make this weird story trailer um if it's not going to have a story you know right like i was very confused like i don't think like i don't think it would have hurt them at all if they had just come out and been like, look at all the cool stuff you can do in this battle Royale game, you know, instead of like presenting it as this like narrative driven game that turns into a battle Royale, you know? Right. Like, and maybe eventually they're going to do something like Fortnite right. does have that save the world. I think it is. Yeah. Well, which was the original, the original idea game. of what Fortnite was supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. Skyrocketed. Yeah. 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 Like, and that, that would maybe make me interested in playing it, but like, I just, I, I feel like the, the wording, I think that's been kind of the theme across this uh this whole show is communication yeah i don't think it was very good i think you're right i think you're 100 percent right i think i don't think that was very good and and that brings us to the next stuff uh we got a message from eve garamont which basically just said you know he loves us and he's got one more thing for us he also told us that there's another ubisoft forward coming which confused the hell out of me uh yeah. i think everybody involved i mean before we get into the last thing, why? What like was this what you were gonna show at E3? It has to be what they were gonna show at E3. This is nothing. Like this is what you were gonna bring to E3? Like, like you know what I mean? Like I mean, this has to be like like it can't be PA PAX is after E3. So like this can't be what they were gonna bring to E3, but it is. This is this was their E3 show. So one of two things has happened. Either they've cut their E3 show in half for some inexplicable reason, or this was literally what they were going to show at E3. They would have been laughed out of the conference center. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here okay. briefly in, in regards to this. So I personally, podcast. I personally um, didn't never really expected much. There's some conferences that I don't really expect a lot from. Okay. Ubisoft is one of those. What? It's like Ubisoft and like okay. EA has EA has like two, maybe three games that I find interesting, but the rest of it is just like sports. Just like with Ubisoft, I think it's all Tom Clancy. Like yeah, it's but that that sort of vein. Is. I mean, I see what you're saying, but but there's a lot of good Tom Clancy games out there. Right. I'm not discounting them, but like for my own personal, like I've always seen the shows as not like powerhouse shows, like jaw on the floor shows. Um, See, I thought their last E3, not obviously not this one because it didn't happen, but their last E3 was the best developer conference at the show. Like, I thought they presented their games better than anybody else. The Bethesda one was weak. Like, the Bethesda one was very weak. The, like, the, um, the Square Enix one was weak, with the exception yeah. of, like, Avengers. Like, I thought their last, their last show at their last conference was absolutely a knockout. And some of the games that came out 
weren't great, like the break point, but the conference itself was really good. Like, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, but at the same time, like, I thought this was weak even for them. Yeah. Well, the other part of it I'm going to say too is while the same can't be said for Watchdogs Legion because we've already talked about the reason like or not the lack of reasoning as to why it was right. delayed and announced and everything in the first place. Right. Some of the games that I think that they're going to be announcing were in fact impacted by the shutdowns. Like that that's that fair. I can like and if that's why they chopped up everything and presented it the way it is like, okay. So like, I, I can't necessarily knock them for that, but I feel like, again, companies like doing this anyways. Why don't you just show us what you're making anyways and slap the in development sticker. Right. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like they were in development the last time we didn't get dates on those things. We weren't necessarily expecting dates. Just don't give us dates, but show us something to get us excited. And I mean, otherwise, don't have a show. I mean, the right. only thing, the only information we gleaned from this was release dates on Far Cry 6, which is not going to make that release date. I'll put down the money right now. That's going to be delayed. Uh, and uh, Valhalla and Watch Dogs Legion. That's it. We just got those dates. That's the only information we got uh, other than the mobile games. Who cares? Like, I don't understand like why you couldn't just take whatever you had and put them in that spot. Like this is very strange, but we're, we're kind of getting in on a tangent. We should, we should move to far cry six, which is probably, yes. which is what everybody's talking about on the internet. Uh, they got Giancarlo Esposito from uh, breaking bad uh, chicken guy. Uh, to basically be the <laughs> to basically be the bad guy. Uh, it was interesting because my wife, who is not a gamer, loves Breaking Bad. She perked up when she heard his voice, um, and watched the trailer. I the thing is though, I, well, you you talk you talk because I'm gonna okay. I, I'm so sick of being negative on this show. I swear to God. So, I uh, we we knew that this was coming because it leaked days before um so it was just a matter of what they were going to show and they showed a pretty a fairly lengthy cinematic and it was a very i think it was a very powerful cinematic too um and it, it definitely well yeah it was well done it set the scene it definitely leaned into his strengths as an actor you can tell that he he plays that straight serious but a little crazy dictator uh -huh. um i personally i'm a latecomer to the far cry series we didn't start playing until five i'm sorry um, <laughs> but four uh, was the best one four four is i have i have three and i have five and i oh. have dude uh, just you like leapfrog the one that's good I, yeah i know um that's that's the one one of the ones we need to get but um three had Voss, right yes yeah. and try uh, primal everybody hates it i don't know why i love that game try primal uh but i'm i think that that is the one game that kind of like really grabbed me and i'm like okay. okay very uh very interesting um as far as the release date goes yeah we'll see <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> i I don't know. I don't about, buy it. Not yeah. not under these conditions. I thought it was under, real no. ballsy to give us a release date on a game we don't have gameplay footage for. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to show us a, a big CGI cutscene with Gene Carlo Esposito and then tell us the game that we don't know what it is, is coming out then. I don't buy it for a second. Um, which is going to piss me off. Cause I, like I said, stop giving us dates. Just wait, just give us windows 2021. That's all you needed to write there. Um, Okay, so Far Cry, I have a torture, tortured. Far Cry is the abusive husband that I keep going back to. I, I played Far Cry 4. I loved Far Cry 4. Uh, then I played Far Cry Primal. I loved it. The world didn't, but I loved it. Uh, then Far Cry 5 came out, uh, and I was excited for it, and I went to play it. And uh, Well, the game itself is really good, but the ending is, God, hang yourself worthy. Um, to which I'm like, okay, that was terrible. I'm never going back to this. And then they announced a post-apocalyptic game. Yeah. And I had said during five, I'm like, I'm like, you know, they should really make a Mad Max game. And then they made a Max Max game. So I'm like, okay, I'll try, I'll try New Dawn or whatever it was called. I can't remember. And that game was terrible, real terrible, real bad. Hated that game. The story was awful. It was just, it was just not fun. Didn't like it. Um, so I'm like, no, I'm really done. I'm definitely done with them. And now here we are, and they're bringing Giancarlo Esposito out. And uh, I'm actually very confused, too, because, you know, the apocalypse happened in Far Cry World. Are we just ignoring that? I mean – it could have been in a different, this could be in a different period of time. Um, okay. All right. So it's definitely in a different part of the world. It, I mean, it is, but with what happened in five, it didn't really matter where you were. <laughs> plus, I don't think those games are necessarily like beholden to a specific timeline. I think I mean, it's just like, here's the name far cry you know what you're getting yourself into it's just a new story mm. which is kind of what they uh what they did i mean and that's that's fine i still i mean the only thing that bothers me about that is there is a game that's a direct sequel of the of the apocalypse one which made me kind of think okay well there's so it's apocalypse now i, I don't know I'm i'm very confused by it but i don't know this one like I don't know. I feel like Giancarlo Esposito is not enough to get me excited. I like, I want to see what the game is. Is it the same game that we've played five other times just with the chicken guy talking really cool the whole time? Because if it is, then I don't want to play it. I, I just don't want to, I don't want to spend my money on it again. So like, what are they bringing to the table? What are they going to show us that's new? And so far they haven't shown us anything. And uh, so I'm kind of a little bit bothered. that Everybody's so excited about this. Like, it's just, it's just a really cool actor. Like you remember when Kevin Spacey was in a, I mean, before everything, when he was cool, <laughs> when he was in a call of duty, that call of duty yeah. sucked. Like, why are we excited about this? And like, it's just an actor. Like, I don't understand um, why we're getting excited about this before we've seen anything from it. I mean, and I guess I'm kind of in the minority because a lot of people liked Far Cry 5, which is insanity to me, but a lot of people did. So I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm in the minority on that. I don't know. Yeah, I I enjoyed Far Cry Five for what I played for it of it, but I didn't end up finishing it. Now my wife, she actually finished it, and it was the fastest game she's ever beat. So like, as I had said when we were in the middle of our recordings here, she actually poked her head in 
and told me that she's going tomorrow to put money down on it. So <laughs> did she like the ending of Far Cry 5? No, Good. <laughs> no. Good. She actually Good. went through and got both endings and for, hated them both. For a second, I was, I was very afraid I wouldn't be able to be friends with her anymore. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how I could sit in a room with somebody and then be like, oh, I liked it. No, you, no. You know, I, I just, it just nihilistic close, and bullshit. To close out the conversation on yeah. this, that is briefly, the biggest thing that I had with the ending I guess it would be the subsequent announcement of the Far Cry New Dawn is the announcement for New Dawn ruined the ending of Far Cry 5 less than a year after the game came out. That's true. So like, I mean, if you were just still going through it or wanted to pick it up, you know, at a bargain price and just were in the middle of playing it, like if you see that commercial or the announcement for it, it's ruined for you. Yeah, it is. That's true. That's true. I, I will say pick up Far Cry 4. It is a lot of fun. I still enjoy Far Cry 4. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. All right. Well, let's go to odds and ends if we got time. Okay? Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right. So that brings us to odds and ends. Uh, basically, these are just news stories we've collected that we want to mention, maybe say a couple of things about, but don't have time to actually go into a big talking point about it or aren't big enough. Uh, and it's quickly becoming one of my favorite segments because this was supposed to be a cut for time segment that, uh, we keep doing because I want to do it too bad. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, first and foremost, my first one is there's a rumor going on, uh, around Twitter about the weight of the PS5. We've already talked about how big that sucker is. The weight right now is rumored to be 4.78 kilograms. Now, if anybody is wondering, I did the conversion. That's 10 and a half pounds. That's a big old beefy yeah. boy. Yeah. Just to give you context, my daughter weighs 30 pounds. She is three PlayStation 5s. She's four years old. That's how big this thing is. Um, like, it's huge. It's absolutely astronomically huge. I just felt like I needed to mention that. Like, it's just... It's ridiculously heavy and huge. Uh, okay. I, I know I'm, I bash on Sony, but that's too heavy for a box. I think everybody out there will agree. Eh? Uh, eh? You say eh? I mean... Ten, ten not, pounds, dude? Ten pounds. I'm not, I'm not carrying it around everywhere. You're, it's you're not putting on it my... on a shelf. <laughs> well... You got it also bearing, baby. You better my, have a you better have a, a two by four under that thing. My shelf is a bit more sturdy than yours. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to get into a shelf comparison <laughs> contest here. This isn't a this isn't a let's whip out our shelves and see which can hold more ridiculousness. Ridiculous. It's gonna be bowing after a year. I don't care where your shelf is. Um okay, so that was that one my shelf sturdier than yours uh that phil spencer has fired back a little bit on some comments uh and some rumors about the uh the the uh, first and foremost he said that he thinks that generational exclusives are bad for gaming i 100 percent agree with him 100 percent um and then he has also said that the idea that playing a game on a previous system would hold it back is just meme worthy meme worthy stuff um 
And basically what he's referring to is it's going to be just as fun to play it on that. He, he basically then went into kind of uh, uh, elaborate where like people play games on lower grade PCs all the time and they play just fine and people enjoy them just fine. Uh, that will be the difference. Like it's not going to be like, it, we're, basically he's saying the games that that are coming out in the next generation that will also be playable on the old generation are in no way, shape or form held back by the technology of the old generation. Which is definitely a fair point. I mean, uh, it is. I, I mean, obviously they will have load times. The new game, the new systems won't. You know, there's a couple of differences. They'll be better graphically pretty, but like yeah. it's not it's not going to change the experience really. I don't feel like. Yeah. That, that kind of, again, just further cements my apprehension for choosing a series X over a PS five personally. I mean, that's fine. It can, but uh, the reason you're not choosing a series X is because of terrible shit that Sony's doing. Like, I'm going to go ahead and say that again. Anybody who's picking a PS5 for generational exclusives is picking it because they're doing something terrible, which is holding games from everything else. Uh, and and this, this Phil Spencer comment was the generational exclusives things was directly in response to Cerny basically coming out and saying that... Uh, that the new system has generational exclusives because we believe the gener that the generation should have some difference between the old one and that he, they don't want to hold it back. Um, and so that's, that's what he was directly referring to. And, and that's fine. I get where you're coming from because the exclusives are there. Like you won't be able to, you can play everything on your series S or your uh, Xbox one S that comes out. That's fine. You can't play everything on the PS five. But again, that's kind of a dirty trick that they're doing on you and everybody else. Uh, I mean, there was that, uh, that article that I shared too over on Discord about right. people's interest in the next generation. Right. I'm just, I'm really, I just want to know, like, I want to be a year from now and see what is going to happen to see how it shakes out and whose ideology is going to, it, it is, is going to rain between the two companies. It is going to be a very interesting time. Like it's going to be very interesting to see because I think this is the first time that the companies have been so ideo ideologically different yeah. in their presentation. Like the 360 and the PlayStation 4 were they, – they were the same thing. I mean they weren't the same thing, but you see what I'm saying. Like there wasn't really right. a ton of differences between like this is our system, this is their system, this is our exclusives, this is their exclusives. And that, that's how it was with, this, with the generation prior to that too. Uh, with this generation, it's very much like we want gaming to be like this and then the other company being like we want gaming to be like this and that will make for – very interesting stuff out there. It won't matter to me. I'm going PC. I'm going to be out of this fight, uh, which <laughs> I'm very happy to be. Uh, and, and yeah, so, so that'll be that. But, but it'll be very interesting, like you said, to see who, who, what's happening when the smoke's clearing. Right. Uh, I want to just comment on uh, Trials uh, Rising uh, was in the pre-show. Uh, which this will segue into my last one. Trials pre uh, Rising was in the pre-show, uh, just showing off something. And I don't play Trials Rising. That's the motorcycle-type 
side-scrolling game thing. Yeah. Um, but they did this hilarious bit. Like, they were absolutely hilarious. I urge anybody to go check out the Trials Rising section of the pre-show. Uh, it was two guys. It was the two designers. And one of them would be, like, talking. Like, he starts off by saying, like, we're doing this safe with the quarantine and whatever. And then you just hear the other guy and he's just like, Hey, did you tell him we're being safe? We're staying away from each other. And then it's like a pan out thing. And it shows they're like, they're like half a football field away from each other. So like it would go back to the one guy, he'd start saying something. And then it would just, the other guy would be yelling from the other side of the football field, whatever, like, Hey, did you tell him about the new course? Like it was <laughs> hysterical. I was giggling. I was, I was laughing so hard. I wish it had been on the main show. Cause it would have been a great, like something to talk about, you know, but I urge yeah. anybody to go out and check that out. Um, and then finally, the last thing I want to mention is, uh, you know, the, the Ubisoft forward was an hour long, barely. Uh, but they had two hours of coverage lead up to the show. Um, an hour and a half of that two hours was devoted to this game called Trackmania, which is like a, a racing game, but you build the tracks and there's, there's a lot of like league play sort of thing. You know, is it better to be on the pre-show? Like they got a, they got an hour and a half of time to just talk about their games and anybody who's just like turning on YouTube ahead of time, just to have it on until the thing comes on, sees this track mania thing. I saw more about track mania, uh, watching this than I saw about any other game and all the other games got what four or five minute spots on the actual show. Right. Um, and competed with like mobile releases. I thought it was really weird. I we're in a time now where everything's going to be like an internet broadcast or whatever. Um, is it better to just like, Hey, I'll be the indie company that goes on the pre-show. Cause I'm going to get two hours of time to talk about my game. They had a competitive thing uh, where a bunch of YouTubers played it together. They had the, the, the creator dev developers played it together. Then they had a deep dive on the track creation and they talked to a developer. Like it was just an hour and a half on this track mania uh, they got the most time of any game of pre-show or show. Yeah, that's very odd. The, uh, yeah. the pre-show thing. I usually don't even watch pre-shows personally. And that but, might be the, the counter argument to it, but just like, I don't know. I'm just doing the math in my head. Like it's if I'm you get more time. Yeah. You get more right. time on the pre-show. Like, would I rather just be there just on the pre-show? Like, like that would be, I don't know, then being on the main show, getting a four-minute spot, competing with AAA games, that that's all they're going to be talking about, whereas I get to talk for an hour and a half before we even talk about those, you know? Right. I don't know. It's weird. But that was my last one. All right. Well, I have a couple. Um, okay. First, uh, the Castlevania Grimoire of Souls uh, for uh, mobile is shutting down already. Uh, a year after its soft launch, it didn't even do a full <laughs> launch uh, because they weren't making enough money off of it, even though it only launched in Japan and Canada. Konami, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I, you have an IP that people want a game from. It took Igarashi to go out on his own to go make his own version of Castlevania, basically, because you guys hold the license hostage and won't do anything with it. Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, 
I was anticipating this one too because I want a nice, good, brand new but classic Castlevania game, and it just we we can't we can't seem to get that for whatever reason. Um, right. Right. That I, just the fact. Oh, we're not making money off of it. Like, yeah, it was only out in two countries. You didn't even bring it to America, like one of the other major markets. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, moving on from there, uh, Sim Sparked is a TV show premiering on TBS. It is a Sims competition show where sim a bunch of sims game changers the the game changers from the ea and i guess some other youtubers as well are competing in sims challenges for one hundred thousand dollars this is a real tv show on a real channel i like i thought lego masters was out in left field like this is like even further out there it just kind of blows my mind i mean I think it was inevitable that we were going to get to this point with these competition shows and whatnot, but I just think it's just very strange. Um, and I know my wife will be watching it, so I will inevitably be at least watching an episode or two. So that'll be pretty interesting. Um, I was about to say, is Kayla going to be glued to the seat on that one? She's not like, she's not like chomping at the bit for it. She's kind of just as confused as I am, <laughs> but she's i think she's gonna watch it for sure at least um there is a horizon zero dawn tabletop game coming in november oh yeah that'll be very interesting uh yeah. we didn't get much information like role-playing or board board oh, okay That's uh weird. i from what it kind of looked like though it uses dice and cards so i think it's one step towards the direction of possibly role-playing, right. which I think that that would fit very well as a role-playing game. You just adapt it into whatever system. Yeah. But uh, they have uh, minifigures of all of the various robots in the game, and you go around just trying to take them out. Very interesting uh, from what it looked like. Uh, so that'll be coming out in November. Um. And uh, more so for like the gamey end of things, uh, a listing for Skyrim Special Edition for the PlayStation 5 has mm -hmm. showed up on Amazon. The game that refuses to die. It is across how many generations now? Uh, it'll be three generations. It'll be three. It'll be three. Three generations. I like it will be interesting, especially leveraging the new hardware to like really bolster the graphics and everything. And I think it'll make it look really good, but I have already bought this game twice, uh, almost three <laughs> times. Honestly, I almost picked it up for the switch as well. I don't need Skyrim in more places. I love Skyrim. I love it to death. It was my first real Bethesda game that opened me up to their stuff. Uh, Y'all stop please hey you know todd <laughs> howard has a famous quote uh from last uh i think it was either last year or the year before and uh they asked him like are you ever going to stop making uh remaking skyrim special editions and he said as soon as people stop buying it we'll stop making it <laughs> because every man, time fair. they release that they buy that stuff up man that's fair um i i i love skyrim I have bought it off two generations. I bought it on the 360 and then I bought it again on the Xbox one. Yeah. Um, and I have loved it to death. 
I do not foresee me buying it on another generation, but you know, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, you know, I never got to try it. Now I get to try it in 4k, you know, that's true. Um, plus you could get it for your PC and have limitless mods. Yes. Um, yes. Well, you can have those on console. They have mod support on console. Yeah, but you are limited, especially on Sony's yeah. end. Sony's end, you are extremely limited with mods. You're not but, really limited on the Xbox. No, I'm not not, not too you much. A lot of stuff on that Xbox. Yeah. I, I've done tons of modding to my Skyrim games. Um, uh, it has come out that uh, Left 4 Dead 3 and Half-Life 3 were both in development yeah. and canceled uh, somewhere around 2015, I believe it was. Um, so uh, the only thing that I remember based off of this, uh, these two pieces of information was the Left 4 Dead 3 was leaning more towards an open world sort mm -hmm. of Left 4 Dead, um, which is interesting, but I don't know. Um, I don't think that works really. No, yeah. I no, like the Left 4 Dead kind of survive through the level with four people, yeah. leave them behind. That made for some really cool uh, local play moments, you know? Yeah. Uh, Half-Life 3, I've not played Half-Life, but I feel like they at this point can't make Half-Life 3 because yeah. it will never live up to expectations yeah, no. of no. what that game could be. Just like Duke Nukem Forever. Same sort of deal. I mean, granted, that game was garbage, but... You know, I don't agree with Randy Pitchford on a lot of things, though. Uh, uh, but I do agree with him on one thing and he, he, you know, he was interviewed on, on unfiltered through IGN about Duke Nukem forever. And he was like, look, it's, it's not great. It's not the best game, but you know, we purchased it and we made it and everybody wanted it and it's out there. It's not the best, but it's out there so that all the people who were waiting for it can finally stop waiting. And he's like, and that's worth something. And I, like I said, don't like to agree with the dude on many things. I agree with him on that. Half-Life 2 was left in a cliffhanger. End it. You're right. It's never going to live up to the hype. It's never going to be what anybody wants it to be. But until you finish it, it's not going to be anything. And that's just wrong. Like, True. Put, put closure on the story. Do your best. Take your licks. Move on. You know? Mm -hmm. Instead of doing a side story that just sets up Half-Life uh, Half 3 even more. You know? Right. Um, and then one final thing, uh, a collector's copy of Super Mario Brothers for the NES has sold for $114,000, nice. making it the most expensive game ever sold. Uh, I believe it was, it was in official, it was a certified condition. Uh, I forget the, what that's technically called. It's graded. graded. Yeah, it was, and it was a 9.4 condition, so... I don't think anyone's ever going to see uh, a better condition Super Mario Brothers than that. No, I don't think so. Uh, but uh, that will be it for all I have for Odds and Ends this week. All right. Well, let's move to Horrible Arena then. All righty. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to the end of the show. The main event, what you guys have all been waiting for. That's the Horrible Arena. What is the Horrible Arena for a person who has not listened? Well, first of all, you should listen more often. Second of all, what we're going to do is we're going to pitch to you a game. We're going to pitch to you the title of the game, the developer of the game, and then what the game is based on certain pre-existing criteria in which we named 
last week. We take turns naming it, so each one of us always has home field advantage. Last week it was Neil's turn, and he Neil uh, he named. 2D, well, he named platformer, mascot platformer. So, like, you're Sonic the Hedgehog, you're Mario. He didn't, you didn't say 2D, though, right? No, not 2D. It doesn't have right. to be 2D. It definitely could be a 3D platformer. Mine is definitely 3D. Um, so, there you go. Uh, so, now the quantum coin has been tossed, deciding that Neil will be the first to pitch. So take it away, Neil. All right. So, um... I am going to pitch something that's a little bit different. Mine is going to be a rhythm-based platformer, uh, and it will be starring Beethoven. (laughs) Um, So uh, this will be called Project Crescendo, and it would be made by Nintendo, um, or at least one of the indie studios that, is housed underneath Nintendo, but I think overarching it would be Nintendo because this would be kind of their flair. Through a horrible series of events, somehow Beethoven was sucked into a time wormhole and was transported into another universe filled with music. This music drives everything in the universe by a beat. So the beat of the music would go, but platforms would move to the beat of the music or enemies would move to the beat of the music. And it would be your job to, as Beethoven, get through these different levels in a 2D space. I should have said that from the top. Um, But to get through to the end of these levels. And when you complete these levels, you expand your basic musical knowledge and different levels would be themed after different music types. So there would be like the standard, like a techno sort of level or world where a couple levels would be based off of techno music, or there would be some other, like a rock or hip hop sort of world where all of the theming and beats of the music for the different levels was all based off of those. Um, and uh, I think that's, uh, that's about it. So yeah, Project Crescendo, where you play as Beethoven in the future, man, in a musical future. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. That's uh, definitely a different take on mascot platforming. I'll give you that. <clears throat> okay. So mine. Uh, all right. So my developer is going to be the developer Image and Form Games. Uh, they brought us all the SteamWorld, Dig, and other such games. Uh, so they have definite uh, experience with side-scrolling multiplayer with pixel art. Uh, and that's definitely what I'm going to lean into. Mine is Project Mastermind. Now, uh, anybody who was around in the 90s and enjoyed mascot games... Uh, probably played a game called Sly Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus. They got really excited about it, and then they played it and realized it was kind of not good Uh, because it had stealth in it, and he was a thief, but that was really it. For the rest of it, it was just, you know, your normal platformer. It was a 3D platformer. You collected stuff. You fought bosses at the end. You just couldn't get caught in certain areas. Um, But what if we did a real fun, cartoony, heist game so 
You play a fox, uh, a really smart, intelligent fox. He's the mastermind behind the plan. Now, the levels themselves are all 2D, uh, but they all have different rooms uh, in which you have to kind of do something different. Uh, you will recruit other animal friends uh, to be part of your group, your party. Uh, these guys will all have jobs to do, and they'll be able to get you through the platforming in different ways. Uh, I see the levels almost kind of taking place kind of like a relay race. Uh, you'll do a thing, uh, then switch to another one to do a thing, then switch to another one to do a thing. Even social stuff, side-scrolling social stuff. So like I see maybe you collect a swan friend. She's very charismatic. She's kind of a grifter. So you put her in the party with all the other animals who, oh, excuse me, guys. Sorry, I'm having some stomach issues. She's with these other animals. She's smoothing them. She's making a distraction. Meanwhile, you collect a mole. He's able to gain you access through some sort of digging. Hey, SteamWorld Dig does digging great. So he has to do some digging through that. Once he gets you in, then you need the electric eel to find a way to get to the uh, security stuff to set off, to get rid of that. To He's kind of like your computer expert or whatever. Um, and it goes on and so forth. You're trying to collect an item from the place, steal it to earn more money. Um, and then you can buy higher level friends to get you through bigger and better situations. Uh, so the idea kind of comes down to this really cool kind of like 2D Grand Theft Auto heist sort of situation with less shooting, more finesse. Uh, sure, there's plenty of bad guys and, and, and enemies, but each different section would take place in different ways. And each different area that you have to heist from has a lot of different ways to go at it. Maybe you don't even hire someone to do the social. You bypass the social part. Maybe you don't hire anyone for the digging. Maybe you don't need that. Maybe you need somebody who blows stuff up. Uh, stuff like that. Um, and basically what you'll do is you'll purchase these animal friends kind of with you. So you get this kind of like cool cartoony mascot thief game, kind of what I feel like Sly Cooper should have been and never was. Uh, you get that with this and you play your Fox. He's the mastermind. He's collecting everything. So uh, that's it, guys. You've got two projects to vote on, Project Crescendo or Project Mastermind. You can do the voting in all the places, which we're going to describe in just a couple of seconds. Horrible Gaming Podcast. That brings us to the end of the show, everybody. Uh, so, Neil, you got anything to plug? Well, we are still chugging through OMG Dungeons, and I do believe we are ending, nearing the end of the game, are we not? We are. However, we're at least a few episodes away from that for them. We have three episodes. Well, no, we have two more episodes to post that we've already recorded. Then we have to record at least two more episodes. There's two more levels left. And that's if we don't find any other side dungeons or whatever and don't do any DLC. But we are closing in on the end, yes. Yes. Uh, It'll probably so, be sometime in August, but yeah, we're closing in. So we are still going through that. Who knows? Maybe we'll either keep on going on with that or jump along to something else. Yeah. Um, and then you and I are still doing Streets of Retro, trying, trying so hard through all manner of technical <laughs> difficulty yeah i i gotta say though even with the technical difficulties i think this season has been the best like these last four episodes have just been the best in my opinion like yeah. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited to keep doing that show. I do love doing that show. Um, as far as me, you can check out everything our show has, our channel has to offer. There's too much to name. Please do. And if you like us, tell us, tell your friends about us, uh, share us, uh, subscribe to us. Um, you know, be our friends. We like people, uh, join our discord. Um, well, I, I should say the things. You can also check us out on Facebook at Old Man Gaming DH, on Twitter at Old Man Gaming 9. And then, of course, you can join our Discord. The link is in the description below. You can influence this and all of our shows. And guys, girls, non binaries, as long as you guys <laughs> keep watching and listening to this, we will keep making them. We'll see you guys next week. <sighs> and I. We'll always love you. We'll always love you. I hid that one in for myself. I hid it for myself. <laughs>